Jesus is indescribable. I mean, what can we say that even gives glory that is due his name? What can we say that can demonstrate the pain that he suffered and endured for you? What can demonstrate the love that he has for us? It is so unsearchable. It is so deep. It is so wide. It is so vast. The love of God, the love of the, of the Father that he demonstrated through his Son. And last night, you know, we went and did some, some family stuff with the in-laws, and we ate barbecue and, and all these other... Last night I ate barbecue at 8.30 like a moron. I didn't sleep at all last night. But before we went to bed, before we went to bed, the, we watched, we watched uh, Jesus. Before that. The greatest story ever told. Just watching that, man. And, and at the end, when Jesus is standing there telling these people, hey, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm coming back. Y'all just keep on doing what I've told you to do. And then we watch the passion of the Christ. And, and, what, and, 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 that, and the part where they just beat Jesus unmercifully. And Cammie's over there playing on, the, on her phone, you know, games and stuff. And, and, and I'm like, man, she doesn't even have a clue. And I said, Cammie, put the game down for a minute. I said, I want you to see what Jesus is being portrayed as suffering here in this show. I said, do you know that that is supposed to be you? You know, when you think about yourself, it's one thing. But when you have little babies, it's, you know, you know nobody, nobody loves your dogs, cats, and your kids as much as you do, right? But how much do you love your little babies to think that even they... Even they are guilty of the wages of sin. Even they had to be appropriated for by the death of Jesus Christ. I couldn't imagine seeing Cammie shackled and beaten for what she's guilty of. And any of us would, would, would gladly step in there. For, well, hopefully you would gladly step in there for your children. But here's the deal. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't just die for the sins of Chad West. He died for the sins of my wife. He died for the sins of my daughters. He died, he died for the sins of the whole world. Not anyone, not anyone is innocent in the eyes of the old covenant law. Not anyone has enough credits to make it into heaven without the name of Jesus Christ, without the blood of Jesus Christ to be shed for their sin. And how can you even get up here and demonstrate what has happened? You know, and everybody knows the story for the most part. If you celebrate Easter, you know this, that Jesus is alive, that he is risen. Amen? But here's the deal. Is he risen inside of you? You see, Jesus resurrected that you may be resurrected. Jesus died so that you may live. Jesus suffered so that you didn't have to suffer. Jesus took a beating so that you didn't have to take a beating. Jesus died on the cross so that he could pay for the sins that you and I and even our children are guilty of. But Jesus is alive. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, despite the fact that you were guilty, despite the fact that you were not worthy, despite the fact that punishment was heading your way, 
He says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. By grace, you have been saved. By grace, you have been saved. And to think that I can do anything, to think that I could earn one credit against what Jesus has done in my life is an insult to Christ, is an insult to what he endured for me to even think that I could do it without him. It is only by Jesus. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no man can come to the Father but through him. That's the only way. There is no other way. There is no other way. There is no other God. There is no other Messiah. There is no other religion. There is nothing outside of Jesus Christ that can save your soul. But see, God wants to do more than save your soul. He wants a personal relationship with you. That's why when we are in Christ, there is no condemnation. That's why when we are in Christ, we now have peace with the Father. Are you alive today? Are you resurrected today? You see, when I celebrate Easter, I don't only celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. I celebrate the resurrection of Chad West. Amen? Because like here, I was once dead in my sins. The Bible described me as lost. The Bible described me as an alien. The, I mean, yeah, as a foreigner. As, a, as an orphan. The Bible described me in every word that described Chad West. A drunker, a whoremonger, a liar, and a cheat, and a thief. Everything that, that was in the Bible described me in the way I was. It says that I was of my father the devil, and the lust of my father I did. Man, these are harsh words. But they're true. They're true. And I, just like all that have not believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, was headed to an eternity, not in the glory, not in the, in the heavenly gates, not on the streets of gold, but I was headed to an eternity and damnation of condemnation to pay for the sin that I was responsible for in a burning, fiery hell where the torment goes up forever and ever and ever. But, but, there's a but here. And his name is Jesus. He came to die that we may have life. So, he is risen. Now what? The next three weeks we're going to be talking about this. Don't you think that we should be grateful enough to ask Jesus, Jesus, since you've done such an awesome thing for me, since you have made me a new creation, old things are passed away, all things are come new, what would you have me do to honor you and to honor your name and just to show how grateful I am that you've given me the opportunity to do so? Don't you think that's important? Do you think Jesus came to die just so that we could have a national holiday? Should we honor this day? Heck yeah. I'm not down in the holiday, but there's more to it than that. There's the salvation of your soul. There is the calling of God on all of our lives to do what he has called us to do. And that is not only to receive the free gift of grace, but to build his kingdom. Amen? To be a part of his kingdom. We try to disassociate salvation from the church. Jesus died for the church. Jesus died to establish the church. Jesus died that through the church, God's glory might be made manifest to the world of which we've been saved from.
And so this is what Jesus was saying. It was more than just become, become born again so you don't go to hell. It was, I've got something that I want you to do. I want to do something through you. I want you to become a part of my body, which Jesus is the head of, so that we can be his servants. And so Jesus, we know that Jesus died a brutal death, that you were supposed to die, but he stepped up and said, I'll do it for you. We know that three days later they went to see him in the, in the tomb and their stone was rolled away and Jesus was gone because now he is risen and he is alive. And he was taking care of some pretty cool things in, in that three-day period. But Mary and them run and Mary and them see him and, and, and people begin to see Jesus. And for 40 days after his death, Jesus hangs out for 40 days and he ministers to people and he proves that he's still alive and he encourages them on what to do. And he tells them this. He says, look, I'm, he's been telling them this. i got to go so that the Holy Spirit can come. Amen? Because y'all have got something to do while I'm gone. And so in 40 days, the last thing that Jesus tells them, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit is falling upon you. You will be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. So now what? Now what? Celebrate his resurrection once a year? Or do we live a life that is devoted to the man who died for me, for you? What are we to do now? And then we know this, that they're waiting on the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, you know, he also said go and make disciples. But first he says wait until you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 37 through 39. So Peter gets up. The, the Holy Spirit falls. They all get up. They're, they're anointed with the Spirit. They're speaking in tongues. They're prophesying. At first, everybody thinks they're drunk. And Peter says, no, we're not drunk. And Peter begins to quote the Old Testament prophesying that Jesus was going to come, that Jesus was going to do what he, had, what, what he just did. And then he showed the people that were listening that this Jesus that you worshipped as the Messiah when he came into town, and once he came into town, then you got turned upside down and crucified him. They begin to see and realize what they had done. And in Acts 2.37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart because their eyes were opened at what they had done and to whom they had done it to, to Jesus, the Messiah, that they had waited on for hundreds, for thousands of years to wait. This Messiah is going to come. And, and, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? What do we do? In other words, now what? Now what? And Peter said to them this, he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, okay, and for all who are afar off. How many of you are afar off from 2,000 years ago? And it says, And everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. Are you an everyone? Has God called you? And so we see this formula here, and there's all these, and there's all there's 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 different denominations built on this text right here. Some people say that to go to heaven, that you must repent, that you must be baptized, and that you must be filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Some people believe that you only need to repent and believe to be born again. Some people need say you got to be born again and you got to be baptized. So so out of these three different things here, you've got three different teachings 
of what needs to happen. But I'm going to tell you this. I believe this. Like the thief on the cross, for, to go to heaven, to be born again, I believe we do one thing. Repent and believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Is water baptism important? Yes. And we're going to talk about that next week. Is the baptism in the Holy Spirit important? Yes. And it's been, it's been freaked out and confused and, and freaky for people. I'm telling you what, the Holy Spirit is a part of God. He is God. He is the chief part of the Trinity. And he has a purpose. And Jesus said, wait on him to come and empower you to do what I've called you to do. So the next three weeks, we're going to take, we're going to look at each one of these. But today, I want to ask you this. Are you saved? Are you born again? When you close your eyes and take your final breath, will you open your eyes in the kingdom of heaven? Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And without the Lord, to be absent from the body is to be present in the darkness of hell outside the presence of God. What Jesus endured for us those three dark days. We hear the story of the rich man and Luke and Lazarus. And the rich man, he, he, he did his own thing and he was lost. And said he opened his eyes in Sheol and he just cried out to Abraham. He could see Abraham. And he said, Abraham, you know, just bring some water from my tongue. Let me go up and, and tell my family and tell my friends and tell everybody what has happened to me so that they won't make the same mistake. And Abraham said, the, they have the prophets and they've got the word and they've got... The, the synagogue, they, they, they know. But they have not decided as you have decided. Hebrews 6, 1 through 2, just to let you know. So we see here in, in Acts 2, 37 through 39, we see that they are told to repent, to be water baptized, and they say, then you will be filled with the Spirit. There's actually, how many of you realize there's more than one baptism? Say, so What? You know, Hebrews 6, 1 through 2, and I just want to touch on this real quick because it's not my point, Dave, but this is the point of the next three weeks. Hebrews 6, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. What does this mean? This is Christian kindergarten. This is stuff that everyone should know, that everyone should have founded in their life, the doctrine of Christ, and go on to what? Maturity. Not laying again a foundation of what? Repentance from dead works and faith toward God. What does it take to be born again? Repentance and faith. Repentance and faith. Jesus says, uh, you know, repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. What do we see there? Repentance and faith. We also, he says, from dead works, and he says, and, and uh, repentance and dead works of faith toward God, and instructions about washings, plural. And it says, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now, what do we know? The Bible says that the dead in Christ shall rise first for those that are all still alive, that are Christians on this earth when Jesus comes back. And then we will be eternally judged as in Christ or outside of Christ. Amen? So this is the stuff that he's talking about. Y'all know, right, that we're going to be judged, right? One day, Jesus is going to say, Do I know you? And it says that even people that grew up in church, and it says we've prophesied in your name, we've done miracles, Jesus is going to look at him and say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. So it's not about what you do, it's about who you know. But when you know Jesus, you'll do the things that Jesus has called you to do. Amen? 
You can try to fake it. You can try to do things that make you look like a Christian. But I'm going to tell you what. You ain't a Christian unless you know Jesus. And Jesus knows you. And so we see this washings here. And it says washings, but the root word is baptizos. Okay, where do you think we get the word baptism from? So in the, in the King James, it says baptisms, plural. So when you are born again, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit regenerates us by the washing, and the Holy Spirit says it baptizes us into the body of Christ. Now, who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit? Who was coming that, that was greater than John and saying, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire? Jesus. So we got two total different baptizers and two different results. Amen. And then, then we got water baptism, and that's what we'll talk about the next three weeks, because here's the deal. Jesus doesn't just want to save you. Jesus wants to empower you. I'm talking to you people right now that are Christians, that are living lives, that you're like, there's no forward motion, there's no power, there's no strength, there's nothing that you go off of, and, and it's a struggle, and God wants to change your life so that you can do what he's called you to do. Amen? We can't do it without the Holy Spirit. We can't, because we need... All of what God wants to offer in our lives. And so, but the question here is, what must we do? It wasn't what must we do to be saved. It was what must we do? And Peter gets up and says, look, let's just, let's just get it all out there on the platter, okay? This is called the kingdom package. To be born again, to be baptized, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit's involved heavily in your born again experience, Okay? So I'm not saying he don't have nothing to do with that, but I'm talking about the filling of the Spirit, the empowering. And all through Acts, you see people that get saved, they get baptized, and sometimes it's days later that they get filled with the Holy Spirit, but they are considered believers. But Jesus still said, hey, be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can have the power to be my witnesses from here to the ends of the earth. So I want to go, I want to, I want to, go to this first, first part here where he says, repent. Repent. How many of you know the story of Paul and Silas in the jail in Philippians? The, uh, the, the Philippian jailer. How many of you know that story? It could have turned out real bad for this guy. But, but in Acts 16, we see Paul and Silas in prison. Let me tell you something. When you, when you go through prison and you go through poverty and you go through stonings and you go through persecutions like Jesus did, you need the Holy Spirit to give you the gumption and the go to endure those things. Paul and Silas are in shackles. They're in jail. I doubt they had a porta potty that they took them to when they needed to use the bathroom. This is nasty, filthy, dirty conditions. But Paul and Silas begin to worship and they begin to praise God. And it said that the shackles fell off their hands, that an earthquake hit, knocked all the doors down, and that God's presence showed up. And the Philippian jailer who was taking a nap on watch, you don't do that in the Marine Corps, he was taking a nap, said he woke up and he said, oh my God, and he pulled his sword to kill himself because he says, I done messed up. And Paul says, wait, we're all still here. He says, do thyself no harm. And then in Acts 16, 30 through 31, the Philippian jailer looked at Paul and he says, it says then he brought them out and said, sirs, now how many of you call prisoners that you overwatch sirs? They have gained some respect, some authority, some integrity with this man. He says, what must I do? Not just what must I do, but what must I do to be saved? What does it mean to be saved? The Bible says that to, to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must be 
born again. You must be regenerated by the Holy Spirit. You must become a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. How does that happen? Is it a lottery? Is it a lucky day? Is it a fuzzy feeling? Is it because Momo and Papa are saved, I'm saved? Is it because I got my name on a church roll somewhere? Is it because I gave today? Is it because I do good acts? Is it because I've earned enough brownie points? No. No. It says, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And they said, you and your household. And they went to his house. And they ate with him. And they led his whole family to Jesus through the gospel. You see, the good, the good news is this. To get to the good news, you've got you to gotta wade through the bad news. <laughs> We're all guilty sinners. The wages of sin is death. But, once again, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Amen? There's a but there. Here's the deal. Have you transitioned into that but? Have you transitioned into Jesus? Has Jesus transitioned into you? Has the resurrected, risen Lord and Savior resurrected you? You see, it says you once were dead in your sins. You see, your, 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 your spirit's dead. If you're not saved, you need to bring it to life. That's why we try to be Christianly, and we try to do good things, and we try to serve God. Y'all remember the pen thing we did a couple of weeks ago? You know, like, oh, I got one right here. I mean, when we're lost, it is natural to go the wrong way. Like the Bible says, we're of our father the devil. The lust of our father will do. And we can try to do the right thing, but, man, we just naturally, bang, we point to the wrong way. We do the wrong things. We're, we're headed the wrong ways. We, we try, and we try, and we try. How many of you remember doing that? I remember doing that. Man, I grew up in church. I got baptized twice. But the problem was, I got washed on the outside, but I'd never been washed on the inside. I'd never been born again. I'd never been regenerated. Because I just wanted to take it out of hell, but I wanted to do what the heck I wanted to do in this world. But it wasn't until I said, Lord, you paid it all, and I give you all of my life. You can have it. was the day that I got a new heart. I got a new perspective. And I've fallen since then, but every time the Holy Spirit there is there to lift me up and to guide me and to get me back to where I need to be. Now, my pen naturally aims towards heaven. It naturally aims to what the Holy Spirit intends for me to do. And now, when I get off course, the Holy Spirit won't let me. He always brings me back to where I need to be. He doesn't drop me either. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? I I'm trying to talk to you. First of all, you, you believers... Are you living an anointed, spirit-filled life of faith? Or do you live? The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Is that the life you live? Or do you know God's trying to teach me, son, you need to, you need to, be, you need to fear less. You need to fear not. Amen? We don't have to live in fear because we should walk in faith and trust in God. We don't need to hold God's hand and have a safety harness on. Amen? All you need is to hold God's hand. And God says, my arm is not too short that I can't reach you where you are at. He got a long arm. He can stretch it if he needs to. You know, you, we see the cliffhangers where the people are trying to reach up to security. But God will reach down to you if you will just simply give him your hand and say, God, help me in the name of Jesus. 
But you people that are saved, <laughs> there's lost folks out there that are dying and on their way to hell unless we, anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit, rise up and proclaim the goodness of the gospel. Speak what the Father says to us, just like he says to Jesus. Quit running our mouths foolishly on Facebook and in person and say, God, what would you have me say today? How can I glorify your name and snatch people out of the kingdom of hell? And those of you today that are lost, you're just lost. You can try all you might. You can do all you might. But the Bible says that you're on a road to destruction. But you know what? God loves you. God didn't leave it up to your efforts. God gave, made a way through Jesus Christ. God did away with the law in the old covenant. But the law in the covenant, te- the old law, teaches us that we need Jesus, that we can't do it on our own. God took plenty of time to prove to man that you cannot do it on your own efforts. You need Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus, when we become born again, that the law is now written on our hearts, that our conscience now can be cleansed, whereas the old law couldn't do that. But believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, how many of you people that are saved believe you need to be able to tell somebody about this? Y'all leave it up to me or somebody else or, you know, some dude on YouTube. Hey, watch this video. You know what? You need to know the gospel. Amen? You need to be able to give an answer of the hope that is within you that Peter says. What is the hope that is in when you? Because let me tell you something. If you don't know what the hope that is in you, do you have a hope that is within you? What is your hope? I can face tomorrow because not only does Jesus live, he lives in me. That's the difference maker. Mark 1, 14 through 15, now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. You see, sometimes you see repent, sometimes you see believe, but sometimes you see repent and believe, but it is assumed that you can't do one without the other. Because if you have to believe in what God's saying, you have to believe the fact, if you believe in the name of Jesus Christ, you have to believe that I am a sinner and I have to believe in the death, the life, and the resurrection that he did for me so that I can be saved. Luke thirteen five says, No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you all likewise will perish. 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. You ever feel like God was slow? Every one of you have. If you didn't say no, then you're a liar. It says, but he is patient towards you, not wishing that any would perish, but that all should reach repentance. What is God's greatest desire? That we would repent and believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who came and was beaten for us, who came and who died for us, who came and wants to, wants to, and wants to empower us through the Holy Spirit. He, he, there's so much that he wants to do in our lives. And last night I sit there watching that video of what Jesus did for me. And I thought, oh my God. How can I not be grateful for what you've done? Christians, fellow believers, don't, don't ever grow dull to what Jesus has done for you. Because when you grow dull to what Jesus has done for you, you'll grow dull to what Jesus has called you to do. Unbelievers, those of you that have never been born again, the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart today. 
And God's greatest desire today is that you will repent and believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God today wants to turn the lights on in your dark house. God today wants to take the dead spirit and sins, and he wants to resurrect it today and be united with Christ. God wants to change your life, not just today, but for an eternity. The old Romans wrote, I remember Brother Vaughn sharing this when I was a kid. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Who, who all is guilty of sin here? Everybody. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. This gift must be done through Jesus. Romans 5.8, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that awesome? You know, not only did Jesus do it for us, he did for us what he did despite the condition that we were in. He looked in the cup, you know, and like Joey, I believe that was his greatest fear, that he was going to be separated from his father. But he did see the sins of all mankind. He saw every one of our faces, I believe. He knew all of us were going to be born. He knew that we were going to sin. He knew that we were going to fall. He knew that we were going to fail. But he said, you know what? They may not accept me, but I've got to give them the opportunity you see, all the work on Jesus' end is done. All that remains is that you repent and believe. Some of you are like, man, you're, try you're tired of the roller coaster. You're tired of being wishy-washy like the natural man, unstable in all his ways. You're like, man, I wish I could just line out and get my life in order. But you know what? You can't without Jesus. You're doing what's natural. You have no control. Either way, you have no control. Either Satan is controlling your life or Jesus is in control of your life. That's why we call him Lord. You know, that, that, that calling him Lord is, is a part of that repentance to say that, you know what? You can be in charge of my life and no longer I or the devil. And that's when Jesus says, all right, now that you're going to extend your hand to me, I'll reach down to where you are, and I will lift you up. Romans 10, 9, because if you confess with your mouth, is, is Christianity a secret service still? No. I'll tell you something, when you come to know Jesus, people know it. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. It's not something that you want to keep secret. It's something that you can't help but say, hey, I love Jesus because Jesus first loved me. So because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Other versions say will be saved. But the conclusion is this, is that if you call upon the name of the Lord, no doubt about it, it's a done deal. You will you shall, you am, you are, you is saved. So everybody bow your head and close your eyes. First off, I hope that you guys come the next three weeks because I've got some great things to tell you on top of this. But here's the deal. Today, the most important question we can ask ourselves is this. What must we do to be saved? And you know what? I don't know where each and every one of you stand on this. I don't know if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but I can tell you this. The Bible says that 
when we become His, that we become changed and that we become fruitful. Now, we're not perfect, and Jesus is still working on us. The Bible says He is sanctifying us. But here's the deal. Do you know Him? Like the video said, do you know Him? His grace is bountiful. His mercy is everlasting. And on and on and on and on. But here's the deal. If today, if you were to breathe your last breath and open your eyes, where would you be? And some of us think, oh, i got plenty of time. Do you? The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. And when you stand in that judgment after your death or after you depart this earth, Jesus is going to look at you and say, is his name in the book of the life? Do I know you? And that's all Jesus is going to consider. Jesus isn't going to look at a history at this time when it comes to the judging of, of you being in Christ or out of Christ. He's not going to look at a tally of, of, of good and bad. He's going to say, are you covered by the blood? Are you washed in the blood? Are you a new creation? Do I know your name? That's what Jesus is going to ask. And today I believe if there's a few or many of you, I don't know, but I believe this today. I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and pleading with you and urging you that today make a decision to believe and repent and and accept the gift of salvation, the free gift. I mean, it's like going to Walmart and they're having Bluebell on the aisle. And it's like, today it's free. All you got to do is take it off the shelf, put it in the basket, and go home with it and eat it. Amen? That's how simple this is. Some of you simply need to reach out and take the gift that God wants you to have through His Son, Jesus Christ. And today, I believe there may be some of you today you know, I've never been in a church service where there wasn't somebody lost, it seems. There was always somebody there that said, I need Jesus today. And you know what? Many people in this room have made the same decision. Many people in this room have walked the aisle. Many people have been baptized to, to professing that Jesus is the Lord of their life. Have you done so? And so while every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I want to give you the opportunity before we go. What a great day to be born again than on Resurrection Sunday. What a great day to be resurrected yourself and partner with the day that Jesus resurrected for us. So I want to ask you this. Today I believe that some of you say, Today I want to be saved. Today I'm ready to lay my life down and believe in what Jesus has done for me so that I can no longer be an alien but a citizen. I can no longer be an orphan but I can be a son of the King. And God can begin to work in my life and do what he wants to do. You hear this song? It's called Just As I Am. God can take you just as you are and make you something completely new if you so choose today. So I'm going to say a prayer, a real simple prayer. You know what? This prayer doesn't save you. It's your decision in your heart that will bring you to Christ. But today I want to help you establish the decision that you want to make today. So if today you say I am lost and I need Jesus. I want you to say this simple prayer with me. And we'll give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel message. That will change your life. Say this with me. Say dear father. Today I acknowledge that I am a sinner. 
Today I acknowledge that I need Jesus to pay for my sins, to forgive me for my sins, to separate me from my sins, for them to be remembered no more. Father, today I repent of my sin and accept the Lordship of Jesus into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, while every head's still bowed and while every head's still, uh, every eye's still closed and every head's still bowed, I want to ask you this. How many of you today said that prayer saying, I need Jesus in my life? Just lift your hands. Amen. One, two, three. Anybody else? Four. Anybody else? Let me tell you something, people. The angels are rejoicing at your decision today. This church is excited about your decision today. You know what? We wait for this day to see people come to Jesus. Not so that we can send you down the road, but that you can be a part of our fellowship and our family. Amen? You know, the Bible says, Jesus says this. He says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. You know what? I want you today... To, to solemnly make a solid decision where there ain't no doubt about the decision that you made. I don't want Satan getting on your back as you walk out this door and say, did you really mean that? I want you today to have an opportunity to just go to somebody and say, today I have decided to follow Jesus. Amen? And I want you to be able to say, I have made a decision and it is complete and my faith is made whole and my spirit is brought to life in resurrection with Jesus. Amen? So as everybody stands, we're just going to take a short time. I want to give you this opportunity today. Listen, don't let pride, don't let fear, don't let anything hold you back. But today, if you decided today to follow Jesus, let me tell you something, this is a great thing. I have anticipated this, I have been excited about this, and you know what? Jesus has been waiting for you. So I want Mom and Dad and William and Leanna, Mickey and Jessica and Christy, today, if you have made that decision, several of you have raised your hands, come Right now as we worship. And, and just tell these people, today I have decided to make Jesus Lord of my life. Y'all come. Y'all come.